0: welcome back. Friends, chimney sweeps, business owners, lend me your ears. <laughs> I always wanted to start at least one episode like that. Maybe I'll do more. I don't know. I hope everybody had a good week. Um, here in uh, the Northeast, mainly, uh, we're getting geared up for the fall. seems to be that crazy time of year that everything just gonna goes chaotic. Um, and as July turns into August, that tells me I've only got one month left before everything hits the fan. So, things are starting to heat up around here. I know a lot of you uh, are getting into the same time of year as well. So this is the perfect time, I think, to jump into the topic we're going to go over today. Uh, there is a lot to go over with this one. This one might be another uh, multi-parter or, or big episode. We'll just see what happens. But today we're going to talk about leadership. Uh, I know this kind of gets touched on a lot and everybody's got their own ideas for leadership, but uh, the issues that we're going to go over today are something that I learned way too late. Um, it caused a lot of the problems at our companies. Uh, I've seen it in other people's companies. It might be at the root of some of the issues you're having with yours. But a lot of the stories that I've told you so far in this podcast about me in particular, all the issues that I had or, or issues that I caused, they all had one common thread and that was poor leadership. I, just, I didn't know how to lead. Uh, that's something I've been working on a lot over the last few years, and it's made a huge difference—not just in my life, but in my company, uh, in others, in uh, my employees. It's just—it's—it's it's an amazing thing once you get a hold of it. It's kind of like a muscle, you know. You go to the gym, you work out a certain muscle over and over again. Eventually, you get stronger. Leadership is the same way. It's not something you get overnight. Um, it's not something that that occurs quickly or just can be given. So, so yeah, let's dive into it. Uh, like I mentioned last week. There was a guy that came out to our shop uh, a couple months ago for a CSIA training. Uh, First time I had hosted something that big, I had uh, about 30 different people from all over the country there, and uh, it was kind of chaotic that we weren't used to it, and I was out in the parking lot, and I was helping clean up, and uh, this guy walks up to me, and he says, hey, I was flying in uh, a couple days ago, and I was sitting in the airport, and I was watching some of your videos online, and you said something that really stuck out to me. First of all, I didn't know what to do with that kind of a comment because I'm used to going to other people's businesses, Mark Stone or Chuck Hall, flying across the country, seeing how these guys do business. And I'm sitting in the airport reading their books or listening to their podcast or watching their videos. And this was weird for me to have somebody come up and ask me, hey, I was watching your videos in an airport and had a question. So I was completely taken off guard. But his question was, in the video, you said that if you were to come into Caesar Chimney Service, you wouldn't be able to tell who the leaders are. He goes, how do you do that? I honestly didn't have an answer for him. It's just, it's something I've always said. It is something that we live by. Uh, It does show it is a truth uh, statement. If you were to come into Caesar chimney service in the morning, as we're getting ready for work or at the end of the day or whenever, it would be really hard for you to tell who's actually in charge. And that's our culture. It's a culture thing. It's not something you can just force. It it happens uh, by design. It's very intentional. But in that moment, as we were cleaning up on a lunch break, I was like, I don't really have time to tell you. So that's what we're going to go over today. Um, it kind of spurned this whole podcast, really. I was like, how do I get these these questions answered that I can't just get you know in an elevator speech or on a lunch break or uh, in a quick phone call? So if you're listening, here's the answer to that question and a whole lot more. <laughs> but that quote about not being able to tell who the leaders are came from a Facebook post, a Facebook picture, actually. And uh, I found it a couple of years ago. It's a picture of five or six different employees. They look like maybe mechanics, not really sure. Uh, but they're all just, you know, arms folded, kind of just looking at the camera. And the, the, the caption on the picture said, build a team that is so strong that you can't tell who the leaders are. And that really spoke to me. I'm like, that's brilliant. Because you look at the picture, there's six guys in there, and you're trying to figure out, like, he could be it, and maybe him. And okay, you know, he looks more like a, you just can't really tell from looking at a picture of them. And I love that. So I put it on Facebook, and I shared it. I didn't think anybody really paid attention to that until one day I was at a convention, and I was sitting in on my friend Jasper Drangler's class, and that picture came up, and he points right at me in the crowd, and he goes, I got this from John Caesar, and it's amazing. And I'm like, oh, God. I don't like being called out like that, Jasper, <laughs> but no, I appreciate that. I, I didn't know anybody really paid attention, but it, it struck a chord. Jasper and I are very similar in the way we run our companies and the kind of people that we are, uh, our values. So it really meant a lot to me that, that it meant something to him, but how do you get that? You know, it's one thing to say that and, and to have that, but how do you get that? So what most people think is that means you have too many chiefs. if you say you can't tell who the leaders are that means that you've just got too many chiefs not enough indians you got chaos you got just people stepping all over each other and that can happen if this isn't intentional if it's not grown from the ground up if it's not watered from the top down then absolutely you can get a company where you have too many chiefs and not enough indians i had that company maybe three four years ago absolute chaos everybody was stepping on each other and arguing and it was, it was a really bad time. I've told you some of those stories already. But it's not about that. It's not about having too many chiefs. And I thought really hard about how do I kind of condense this into one thought. And here's that thought. It's about having servant leaders and empowered technicians. That's the balance, right? If you come into, let's say you come into Caesar Chimney Service one morning and you just walk in and this happens. We have people come all the time and they want to visit and say hi. And they walk in and they see this firsthand, You walk in Caesar Chimney, 7.30 in the morning, what you're going to find is employees everywhere. Everybody's doing something. Nobody's really sitting around. Everybody's doing something, but you'll find technicians that are going over checklists. They're standing in each van and they're reading over a checklist and making sure that the van has all the tools they need, all the components they need, all the materials, make sure that their caulking tubes, their uh, flash shield, crown coat, drill bits, everything's where it's supposed to be. Batteries are charged, vacuums are cleaned out, ready to go just going over the entire van. Then you'll find other techs that are sitting at computers and they're going over estimates. And one of them's asking the other questions and they're helping point out, okay, make sure you get this and don't forget that. And hey, this looks kind of iffy. They're going over invoices. They're going over inspection reports. What do you think about that? Look what I saw yesterday. As you keep walking around, there's other techs that are out in the back and they're getting materials. They're going, you know, grabbing stuff out of our stock or out of their preloaded destinations, grabbing all the parts they need for the day going over more checklists, making sure they have everything they need for that job, bringing it out to the van. Other technicians will be on the phone. Uh, the office will come out and say, hey, we got this customer's got a question or uh, you know, you, you guys said something yesterday, they don't really understand it. So they're going to be on the phone in the office talking to customers. Some techs are holding trainings for others. They'll be putting on classes. They'll be saying, hey, I saw this yesterday and I, I need to go over it, make sure all of you don't do it or make sure you do do it or make sure everybody's on the same page. The point is you're never really going to know which of those employees actually have leadership titles. Everybody is leading in a sense. Others are following. Some are learning, but you don't really know who's who. Most times, senior leadership will be out there in the mix. Myself, Max, Rick, uh, the senior leadership that's worked their way up to get a desk job and be able to wear a polo during the day. But in the mornings and in the afternoons, you'll see us out there helping clean vans, helping take out trash, going over estimates, loading parts, going to get parts for people. It's We're part of the mix. Sometimes we're leading. Sometimes we're just doing work. Other times we're being directed. Hey, that's, that's not where I put that in my van or uh, I need you to grab this or can you get me a, an extra snout for this tea or we're serving. It's not about you know, the three of us standing there with our arms folded, just kind of directing traffic, overseeing our kingdom, watching all the little ants work. It's not like that. If I had a company like that, it would completely fall apart. That's not how we do it. But all of the employees at Caesar Chimney have responsibilities, have duties. This includes the office too. We have different uh, tasks for the office, goals, things they're supposed to be keeping up with and they do, but everybody has a piece of the pie. And that's what makes Caesar Chimney great. I've worked for other companies where you just have that top guy that just gives out a a bunch of orders and everybody's got to scramble and do it for him. I was that boss for a long time. When I didn't know how to lead early in Caesar Chimney's career history, that's what it was. It was a nightmare working for me. You'd come in and I would have come up with a wild idea the night before. I'm like, you know what? We should all start doing this. And they're like, okay, I guess we got to do it because that's what John said and we go out and we try it for a day or a week or whatever and I'd be like okay that didn't work forget it okay let's do this instead and I would just start giving orders direct just throwing stuff out there and seeing what stuck sometimes it did a lot of times it didn't and what I did was I wore down my technicians my employees they're like it's just we never know what to expect with you something's going to change every day but I didn't know how to lead I just knew how to get stuff done right I went out there and I just we got to make it done we got to make make today work and and figure it out and There was no rhyme or reason to it. So when talking about leaders, leaders need to serve. Leaders are not in position to make everybody underneath them work for them. If you're that type of leader, you're wrong. (laughs) I can't say it any other way. If you're the type of leader that thinks everybody underneath you is there to serve you, you're wrong and you won't have much loyalty or response from those underneath you a servant leader is where you get the respect. That's where you get people willing to do whatever it takes to, to help you is because they know that you're going to help them. You're there for them. That's the way Caesar chimney runs. My name's on the vans and the shirts and the websites and the TV commercials. That's great. But my employees know that if they need anything from me, they get it. I'm always there for them. I'm always there to lend a hand. I'll mix their mortar, I'll carry their bricks, I'll bring them parts, I'll do their job, I'll do whatever it takes to make sure that they're successful. And the leaders underneath me are the same way, Max and Rick, the reason they have the positions they have is because they lead like me. They're not going to stand around and just idly watch everybody else work. We'll get into more of that later. But leaders are there to serve those under them, not just to watch everybody else work. It's not a figurehead position. If you are in a company like that, where you have that figurehead guy, you got somebody that's just up there, kind of you know behind the window, watching from above, and just kind of looking, you might have a good company, but the respect is given to, to the leaders that are there. Like if you're in the military, for anybody that's been in the military, you have officers, you have enlisted enlisted guys are the are the grunts, they're the workers, they're the ones that have to do all the work and get all the shit end of the stick. That's just how it works. Officers usually went to college, they get the the nice shiny. Uh, rank insignias and they get the offices and they get the overseeing. There's two ways to become an officer. You can either go through uh, college or academy and you can become an officer and then get that nice shiny desk and, and rank. But there's also enlisted men that can stay in for a while, work, you know, a certain amount of time, get to a certain point where then they can become officers and you can switch from enlisted to an officer. When I was in the Air Force, the officers that came in at 18 or like 22 years old, you know, fresh out of college, and they got their nice little butter bars on their shirt, they were the ones that would walk around and demand that 40 and 50-year-old men with 20, 30 years experience salute them and get out of their way because look at me, I'm an officer. They get this head full of how great am I, right? Nobody respects that guy. Nobody. Everybody has to follow him because that's how the military works. You follow the rank, you don't respect the person. But almost every single time there was an officer that used to be enlisted, that was the guy that had the people's attention, had their respect. They, We would run through a wall for that guy because he got it. Like he used to be one of us. He was enlisted. He knows the hell we go through and what we're put through. And now he's in this position surrounded by other officers. The enlisted guys that became officers were awesome. They just got it. And they, did every, they served those underneath him because they knew what it was like to be one of them. So if you're in that position in your company, if you're the lead guy, the head guy, the top guy, whatever, maybe middle management, but you still have some power, don't be that guy that thinks your title carries any respect because it doesn't. Nobody's going to respect your title. They're going to respect what you do. And if all you do is give orders and then just sit back and watch, you're not going to get much loyalty out of it. And I learned that in the military. And then I learned it working for other people. I saw the same type of leadership on both sides, good and bad and has watched how people naturally gravitate towards those that have their interest at heart, not their own wallets. So leaders, leaders need to be servant leaders, uh, not just a figurehead. Um, I used to have a guy work for me. He was a lead technician and we went out to one of his jobs and I couldn't believe it. There was scaffolding set up. I think it was a teardown and a rebuild. We get there and we just wanted, you know, we were actually helping out. We're up on the roof. It was, you know, I think it was like a, we were running out of time or something. So we were trying to rush to get the job done. So we went out there to help him out. We're lugging bricks on and off the roof. And I turn around and this technician is standing at the top of the scaffolding. He's got a bunch of assistant technicians on the ground. He's got the owner and some other management on the roof. And I shit you not, he is standing at the top of the scaffolding with his arms folded and his feet spread apart in some kind of power stance. (laughs) And he's directing traffic. Hey, hey, you grab that. Okay, bring this over here. Okay, bring that up. Get, put that in the truck. Okay, okay, grab this. Go over here. Get up here. And he's like telling us what to do as he stands there doing nothing. And we're just laughing at him. We're like, dude, this, no. And we tried to fix him. We tried to help him, and he doesn't work for me anymore for obvious reasons. That's not how you lead. That's not how you lead in Caesar Chimney for sure. I had another lead technician that refused to train the technicians that worked for him. He's like, you know, stop giving me these new guys that don't know anything. I can't get my work done when you put them with me. You're making my day longer. We're like, dude, what? No, that's not how this works. He doesn't work with us anymore either. We just had a guy come in for an interview recently, and he's got experience. He's certified. He's coming from another uh I don't know where state or company. I didn't do the interview. I heard about it, but uh, Max is doing the interview and the guy comes in and of course he wants big money and he wants title. He's got this, you know, I need to make at least this much and I'm used to being the lead technician. So Max said, absolutely. You know, we can hire you for leadership. However, just know that you're, you're going to be doing a lot more work than you, than you think. He's like, what do you mean? He goes, well, around here, the leaders serve and we do a lot of the work and help the guys out. You know, it'd be. Uh, expected to help them with their work, make sure they get better at it. And he he goes over the whole thing with the guy. And the guy goes, I mean, I haven't lugged bricks in years. Like, I don't even know if I can do that anymore. And Max is like, oh, that's not the kind of company we run here. What's funny about that interview was literally two days before, one of our technicians was on vacation and his flight got delayed, pushed back a day. He didn't show up until three o'clock or four o'clock in the morning or something Monday morning when he was supposed to show up Saturday. And he called in. He's like, man, I, I can't come in. You know, I'm going to be on maybe two hours of sleep. And Max is like, Hey, it's fine. He had a three day job lined up, tear down and a rebuild and a liner, scaffolding, whole thing. He goes, Hey, it's fine. I'll go out. I'll take your job. You take the day off. We're not going to punish you. You know, it's not our fault that your plane got or your fault that your plane got delayed a day. So take the day. We'll get it started for you. you'll come back and pick up where we leave off. And he did. I remember Max coming in that day, and he's he's wearing his polo shirt still and his nice shorts that he wears to work. And he comes in, and he's just covered head-to-toe in mortar and dust. And he's just sweating, and he sits down at his desk, and just like, poof, this plume of dust comes off him. And he had a great day. He's like, man, it feels good to get back out there. He goes, I am tired, but it felt good. And the technician got to come in the next day. The job is half done because, of course, Max is a little quicker than most, and he got it done sooner. So a three-day job then turned into two. Just overall teamwork, right? The leaders out there doing the work, people underneath them getting to take some time off and recoup and and let life happen. And Max tells the guy this story in the interview and the guy's like, yeah, yeah, I don't know if I can do that. He's like, well, that's fine. You're just not going to work here. Like That's what it means to be a leader at Caesar Chimney. It's not a title. It's a responsibility. So we talked before about the meaning between a duty and a responsibility. Duties is your job. You got to make sure you get it done responsibilities means that you are responsible for getting the job done. But leadership, I mean, we give titles out like candy. Honestly, we're very, very generous with our responsibilities. We talked about that last week with delegation. If you're trying to get everything done yourself or you're one of those leaders, well, if if I want it done right, I got to do it myself. Well, then you're a terrible trainer. I was. I'm I'm not trying to be mean here. I'm telling you because I'm no one from experience. I was a terrible trainer. I said the same thing. Well, I just got to get it done myself. I just didn't want to take the time to show somebody how to do it. Once I started showing them how to do it, I could start giving responsibilities away like candy. And we do now. And we've got, I think, five or six, I don't know how many management positions we have now, but we've got operations manager, logistics manager, warehouse manager, inventory manager, vehicle manager, safety manager. Just (laughs) we have a bathroom manager now, if you're listening. (laughs) We're going to go over that in a little bit. Uh, But I mean, that's you give the responsibility out. It's not a permanent title. It doesn't come with any high fives and, and fanfare. Ooh, look at the the vehicle manager. That's not what it's about. It's about seeing who will take that and run with it. Who's actually going to do extra work? Who's going to put in the time and the effort that's needed to make this happen? And we've had to demote and we've had to transfer and we've had to, you know, we've had to move it all around. Chuck Hall said years ago at a convention, uh, it's about getting the right seats on the bus and that stuck with me when he said that because I was going through this this terrible time in our company's history at that time. And he goes, it's not about the, the people on the bus. It's about the seats they're in. You got to find the right seat for everybody on the bus. Move them around a little bit. And that's what we started doing. I was like, you know what? You're now in charge of this and you're now in charge of that. And let's see how if it works better. Sometimes it did. Sometimes it didn't. Sometimes the employee was the problem and then they're not here anymore. We just keep it moving. But- even though we give out these these leadership titles, it's fun to watch everybody kind of jockey for not really, I don't know what it is, really. They just, they're hungry. Our technicians are extremely hungry. We don't have the same issues that some companies have where technicians are coming and asking for raises. We don't get that. Hey, can I get a raise? Can I make more money? Instead, we get technicians that come in and say, hey, when's the next CSIA school? When can I go to that? Okay it's in september where do i get the books how you know how much should i study before i go like they're asking those kind of questions we don't get people saying i need more money they come in saying how do i make more money how do i make myself better that's the difference in a team led servant leader company is everybody wants to improve they're not just there to make more money and it's a beautiful thing to watch my guys and my girls impress me every single day with their motivation with their passion it's just nuts i came in the other day uh, i got in a little bit late uh, everybody usually gets there around seven ten, seven fifteen. i didn't get there till eight and i come in and everybody's out in the bay for a meeting and i'm like okay max and rick must have something going on and i just kind of sneak into the back and i want to see what they're talking about a little <laughs> to my surprise uh, or much to my surprise max and rick are standing in the back i'm like what, what are you guys doing back here what's what's going on and they kind of point up front one of our younger technicians one of our newer guys had called a company meeting and i'm like oh man i got to see this so i'm like peeking around people i didn't want them to see me and kind of distract them i'm like what's going on he had noticed that the the responsibilities that the assistant technicians were given weren't getting done then he was sick of having to pick up slack and he was sick of having to be you know, the guy to always, you know, do it because somebody else didn't. And he was up there with a list. He had printed out a list and he's standing out in front of the entire company. And he's saying, make sure you guys do this and make sure you guys do that. And you guys aren't doing this. and You guys aren't doing the checklist. and You guys aren't putting the parts back where they go. And, you, you know, the management is really getting upset. You guys are. And he's telling not just the management, but he's telling the lead technicians. He's telling the other assistants what to do. And I'm standing back there just wide eyed like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I love it and uh, he ended up we have a a system here for we have one bathroom out in the bay we have two that are inside the office we have one that's out in the bay for the technicians the technicians uh, the assistant techs that don't have any responsibilities don't have any titles they are the ones that are supposed to rotate weekly and clean the bathroom and sign off on who cleaned it every Friday wasn't getting done so he redid the bathroom sign up sheet and he held it up and he goes here's the new one and if you uh, if you uh, clean it, make sure you send me a picture of it so that I know that it's clean and make sure you sign this. And And he's like, just like going down this list of, of things to do. He kind of got the uh, maybe not so affectionate nickname, the bathroom manager, <laughs> but I love it. That's motivation. That's, that's what we're looking for is somebody that wants to take that title, not sitting around and waiting for somebody to give it to him. He's out there leading without being asked. And that kid's going to go far. And if you're listening, you know who you are. I found out the other day that a lot of my employees are listening to this podcast. Somebody said they were listening to it while they were parging a smoke chamber because they just had nothing else to listen to. So they propped their phone up outside the fireplace and they parged the smoke chamber right in front of the homeowner and they were listening. So uh, thank you guys very much. If you're listening to this one, I appreciate it. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I had another technician come in the other day too. And he said the van checklists weren't getting done. Uh, We have a a checklist for each van and, they're all over the place. Some of the leads put them in the glove box. Some of them put it in the back. Some of them put it in the door. Some of them leave it in the shop. They're just all over the place. And the technicians rotate weekly through the van. So one week you might have a van with a checklist in the dashboard. The next one, it might be in the bay somewhere. He goes, this is nuts. We can't figure it out. And everybody's all walking around looking for it every week. He goes, we got to come up with a system. I was like, good. What do you recommend? (laughs) And he goes, uh, I don't know. I said, we'll get back to you when you have one. He comes back in and he goes, we need to put them all in one place. I was like, that's a great idea. Where are you going to put them? Uh, I'm thinking over here. I'm like, no, it's not going to work there because that's in the way. He goes, all right, what about here? And we walked around the shop and he's asking me where to put it. We finally came up with a place, but we didn't have the materials. He goes, well, we're going to need this and this and this in order to hang it right in the right place and clipboards. And I was like, good. And I handed him my credit card. I said, go to the store, go get it, make it happen. And he did. (laughs) And that's more of the same. That's what I'm saying is these guys aren't salary. They're not polo wearing desk sitting uh, management. They're not leaders. They're not given that title, but they're leading. They're making it happen in the company. That's how the company gets better. If you work for a company or you're the head of a company where everybody just does what you say and they have to show up when you say and do what you say and don't ask questions, just shut up and do the work, you're never going to get this type of culture. You have to humble yourself as a leader it's very hard but a servant leader will get more done than a domineering one i worked for a guy before and uh there was only two uh, two of us in the company that were leaders it was myself and the owner and i come in one morning i was early the technicians we didn't have any kind of a system back then we just kind of threw it at the wall and see who went where and i come in and the two technicians are arguing over who they're going with. They're like, I want to go with John. Well, I want to go with him. You know, I don't, I don't want to go with him. I want to go with John. And they're going back and forth. I'm like, guys, what's going on? And they said, we want to work with you. And I'm like, well, thanks. <laughs> Flattery gets you everywhere. I was like, no, but what, I mean, why? Why don't you want to go work with him? And they said, because when we work with you, we feel like we're part of a team. When we work with him, we feel like we're less than and we're put down. And I was like, that's, that's good to know. Thank you. So a couple days later, I went to the owner. I said, Hey, I got to tell you, um, this is what's happening when you're not around is the technicians are literally arguing over who they want to go with. And they'd rather go with me. And he said the same thing. He goes, why? He was actually crushed. He wasn't that kind of a guy that was like just that domineering jerk. He just had a way about him. So when he was confronted with this, he was actually humble about it. So I was like, okay, we're getting somewhere. I said, They don't want to work with you because when they work with you, they feel like they're put down and they're, they're bossed around and they're directed too much. And they're, they're talked down to where when they work with me, it's more of a team. So, um, I've kind of noticed it too. It's kind of the way you are. So maybe I can help you learn how to lead better. (laughs) He sits back and he goes, John, they need to know who's in charge. And I said, they do. They, I mean, what, what kind of statement is that? They know that you're in charge. They don't need to be reminded every, every five minutes. That's not how leadership works. He goes, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, when you get to be a leader, then, I was like, okay. It was one of those where, okay, just because you're not here, you don't understand. I was like, all right, cool. Now, here I am. My name's on the van, on the company, on the shirts, on the commercials, all that stuff. And I'm telling you, it works. That if you lead with servant attitude, if you leave with a team-building attitude, you will get so much more out of your employees because you're not just there to boss them around. We have a picture hanging in the office, in the manager's office at work. And it's, I don't know if you've seen it on Facebook or not or uh, around, but it's a uh, picture on top, picture on the bottom, picture on the top has the boss sitting on this platform and he's being pulled by the employees and it has the word boss down below it. It's the same platform, the same people, but instead of being on the platform, the boss is at the front of the line, helping pull the platform. And the title says leader that's hanging in our office for a reason. Anytime somebody has made a lead, any, anytime somebody's made a manager, sometimes I need to be reminded of it from time to time. A leader leads, a boss just sits there and watches people get the work done. They need to know that they're, they, you know, uh, I'm in charge. You know, I have my name's on the van and I, I work too hard to get to this point. Good. Great. I'm glad you worked that hard to get to this place. These people aren't here to serve you. You're here to serve them. And that's the way that Caesar Chimney will always be. I just said it a second ago, giving leadership. I did that for a while. I would assign leadership to people. I would say, all right, you're doing this and you're doing that and you're doing this, go. It kind of worked. It kind of didn't. That's when I had to demote and move around and reassign. What we were doing for a while was we were doing next man up. Well, you're the next one in line. You're the most senior. You're the guy that's had the, the most experience. So you're the next one for leadership. We keep putting these people in positions. I worked and we were smaller, maybe five, six employees here and there. Once we got upwards of 10, it didn't work anymore because now I had at one point five or six assistant technicians, three or four of them were amazing, had great attitudes, had great work ethic. They were killing it. They were out there driving hard. The next man up, the one that was next in line, not so much. Didn't have the best attitude, didn't have the, work, the the best work ethic. But he was the next one. He was owed his position, right? He was due. And that's when I sat down. I was like, I don't think this is going to work. I told Max and Rick, I'm like, ah, we can put him in this position. I think it's going to be a shit show. And we were like, ah, what do you what do you want to do? I said, why don't we make it a policy that we promote based on character? based on their attitude, their motivation, their production? Why don't we actually promote based on who who deserves the promotion better? And we did. And what a difference that makes. It's, it's a little demeaning sometimes, I'm not going to lie, to watch somebody that joined the company after you move up into a position over you. It's happened a couple of times. We don't really try to hurt people's feelings. It's not about that. It's not about putting people down. But it is about you're the best speaker fit for this position. You're the best person to sit in this seat on the bus, right? And what I've seen is with the right culture, the right hiring processes, like we've talked about in weeks before the employees that you have, the character that you have, that shouldn't crush them. It hurts a little. And I've had those employees come up, Hey, why did this person get promoted over me? But it's never a, an angry, what's wrong with you? Can't you see that I'm better? It's not like that. It's, it's a very humble, what can I do better? He got promoted over me. He's now a, a this. He's a that, and I didn't. Uh, what can I do better? And that's what we're looking for. Everybody grows. Everybody improves. It's it's a beautiful thing to watch. When it comes to our our uh, like middle management positions, like the uh, the safety manager, the uh, training manager, or uh, vehicle manager, I got this from Mark Stoner as well. We hire for it within the company. At that time, we were like trying to figure out, okay, who are we going to give this to? Who are we going to put in charge of that? And and I don't know if he can do it really well. And then I heard from Stoner, he goes, apply for it. Put it out like a job ad, like you would anywhere else, hiring for vehicle manager. You're expected to do X, Y, and Z. Uh, By doing this, you get blank. Come up with that blank, whatever it is. For us, we gave an extra paid day vacation a year. Uh, Here's your duties. Here's your responsibilities. Apply with Rick. Apply with Max, whoever. And we just posted it. And we wanted to see what would happen. And sure enough, the people that wanted that, the people that were hungry, showed up and applied. It was kind of fun to watch. We'd have employees that already had worked at the company for years or two years coming in and sitting down with management and re-interviewing. They're like, hi, my name is so-and-so, and I'd like to apply for this. And it was kind of laughable in the beginning because we're still you know, 20-something employees. We're still a really small company. And uh, it was kind of fun to watch. But making them come out of their comfort zone... Uh, come out of their shell a little bit to sit down, humble themselves, ask for the position, talk it over. This you, you do realize this means you have to show up early. You do realize this means you might have to stay late some days. Having that conversation, and then we found the best fit for the job. It's amazing. So that was a really good idea from Mark Stoner. But use that. If you have a company and you want to get people delegated, but not really sure how, and you've tried delegating, you've tried putting people in different seats on the bus, and it's not really working, try asking them. Hey, if you want it, come and find me and we'll, we'll make it happen. But so we've talked a lot about assigning leadership, having them apply for leadership, giving leadership. We have some, uh, that are asking for leadership here. We're, we're getting to the biggest crux. The biggest problem that we had is I was giving out this title of leader a lot. You're a leader of this. You're a van lead. You know, we talk about that a lot. We haven't talked about that here yet today. But you can be a manager, you can be a leader vehicle, this and that training, the leadership position of van lead, senior tech, whatever you want to call it. I have heard them called all kinds of different things. You're putting somebody in charge of a van, in charge of an employee, in charge of tools, in charge of a customer's house, in charge of an inspection report, in charge of a repair. You're putting them in a position to lead a lot. It's not just go out and make me money. It can be that if that's what you want. You're not going to get much. If you put them in charge of this and call them a lead technician or lead anything, teach them how to lead. I didn't. I was putting people in positions left and right. You're the general manager. You're the operations manager. You're the the vehicle manager. You're a lead technician. Great. Everybody's got the title, but I never showed anybody how to lead. That's where the bigger problems came in. And we'll go over that next week. Uh, it was, this is recent too. I'm not talking, uh, you know, years and years ago. This is within the last six months or so. I realized that I have this, this bigger company. You know, it's not massive by any stretch. It's a lot bigger than it was when I started, (laughs) but having 24, 25 employees running around, everybody's got these leadership titles and none of them knew how to lead. Then the real problem started coming up. So next week, we're going to talk about training leadership and how to work on that muscle, like we talked about before, building it up every single day to make it as strong as it can be. So until next week, thank you for lending me your ears.